There we are, and welcome everybody to Freightonomics, the wonderful podcast slash show that you get to watch us talk about the combination of freight and the macroeconomic environment, as well as explain some of its uh, principles and the things that interact within this world. Uh, and with me, as usual, Anthony Smith, lead economist at Freightwaves here, and I'm Zach Strickland, director of Freight Market Intelligence. So we will have the wonderful, illustrious Dr. Zach Rogers on the show here in a little bit to discuss the most recent, uh, to discuss the most recent, uh, you know, LMI, Logistics Managers Index findings. But before we do that, Anthony Smith, what are you doing over there? So right now I'm on this lovely laptop <laughs> here looking at LinkedIn because we are streaming live if you're watching this at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Wednesday. And I am looking at all of those lovely comments, hot takes, anything that you may have, please add on to the conversation. We have Mark Pena saying big shout out from South Florida. Thank you, Mark, for joining us and jumping on the conversation. Also going to be watching Facebook Live because we're streaming there as well. Yes, yes. Very good. So, yeah, on today's show, we're going to talk about the LMI. But up first, we're going to talk about a story that kind of, uh, you know, this this has been one that, I, you know, we didn't really get to see the full uh, impact of some of these regulations, you know, year over year. We had a few key things. We thought that a lot of capacity was going to come offline uh, this year due to, you know, slowing freight conditions coming out of, you know, 2019. The freight market was still rather depressed, uh, not exactly active uh, before covid and then COVID, of course, sent us on this roller coaster ride uh, that has been 2020. But the freight market, again, and the transportation sector has been one of the strongest to recover here in the last couple of months. Uh, freight volumes uh, sequentially uh, rising every single month since the month of April. Um, and, you know, we're, we're seeing volumes well above what we saw in 2018, which of course increased a lot of, you know, inspired a lot of people to go out buy trucks, et cetera. Class eight orders still nowhere close to that period of time just yet. Uh, but again, that is a little bit of a lagging uh, response in a lot of people's cases. We still haven't seen a lot of that investment kick in. Um, a lot of companies sitting on cash. Uh, but one of the big problems uh, that we talked about on a recent episode of Freightonomics is the driver uh, hiring issue. And the FMCSA earlier in the year put out, uh, you know, they, they started the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, Anthony Smith, and they started, uh, you know, this process of vetting drivers a little bit more thoroughly, requiring a lot of carriers to go out and check uh, and basically create a repository of any of the drivers or potential employees that may or may not have had, uh, you know, drug or alcohol offenses uh, while operating a vehicle or otherwise. Uh, hence, you know, making the, you know, the environment a little bit safer to operate in, making it a little bit harder uh, for people to simply go out and buy a truck and just start operating. Um, so most recently here, test results up 8% in September uh, in terms of positive tests. So this is an interesting number to me. This is the first I've heard of it this year, like really. And we're obviously we sit right here in the the center of the freight world right, right. <laughs> in Freight Alley in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, and so for me not to have heard about this until now, you know, we're in what? What, what's, what month is it? Do you even know? Um, we're in like October. October. It was October 2nd, like two days ago. Yeah. And I think it's almost Halloween. Now, so October is what? The 10th month? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're 10 months into this. And just now is the first time that I personally, now maybe I've just had my head under a rock, 
for a little while, but this is the first time that I've heard of this. And John Gallagher wrote this wonderful article, uh, giving a little breakdown of, you know, the trend analysis of some of these positive tests. Now, it is interesting to note uh, that, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, stuff really year over year, we don't have the comp for year over year just yet. Uh, but the fact is, is that they're actually increasing the amount of requests or inquiries into the database as we go on. So some of this is a product of simply just people requesting more. Uh, so that's why you see an increase, uh, you know, the, the concrete increase in, in rate, uh, you know, positive tests. But, you know, the thing is, is that also paints a picture. The fact that they're actually trying to hire these drivers right now in more frequency means that we could be, you know, you know, we don't see class eight orders ju up just yet. We don't see used truck orders back any, anywhere close to where they were in 2018, 2019, uh, when there was such a glut of orders uh, going on. It means that there's probably a lot of unseated trucks already out there. So, you know, looking at OEMs and things like that as an, a leading indicator of capacity increases, if carriers are having trouble uh, seating trucks, you're not going to see them order a bunch of trucks that they can't seat. Uh, so again, this is, this may have, you know, why this is significant, Anthony Smith, uh, is I don't know why. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 obviously the reason is, is that, you know, if you can't, if capacity is not going to swell yeah. to meet demand, I don't know if you remember your economics 101, I always have to remind you about that supply demand curve. Yeah, it's not in equilibrium. There's going to be a shortage or something like that. And what's that going to do to prices? That's going to skyrocket prices when there's a shortage. Or it's going to keep them elevated, as we're seeing right now. Uh, so spot rate's still high. We do expect to see that some of that demand fall down. But please, uh, this article uh, labeled truck drivers testing positive for drugs increased 8% in September. Uh, it's a good read. It's got some good stats in it. And of course, you know, I do like my numbers and stats. You do. Also, John Gallagher, because he's an excellent writer. We have a lot of amazing writers here at Freight Waves. Um, a linked article uh, that he also has that's at the bottom of this one is uh, it was put out in June, which was like yesterday or something like that. But uh, June of this year. And it says marijuana, cocaine, top drug clearinghouse violation. So it has a really cool graphic down below on that article that shows which drugs are kind of being popped for the most. And um, by far, of course, is uh, or in, in the graphic marijuana, um, not even a close second, but like way, way back, back behind is uh, cocaine. And then we have methamphetamines and, I, and, and amphetamines. So I'm, I'm only guessing that's a lot of times to... You know that they awake. Yeah, yeah. I, can't I mean, but it's a, such a such a smaller subsector or segment compared to marijuana being um, so much higher. But and that's um, interesting too because marijuana. This is this is where you know having states legalize in some areas and not. And I, I got actually you know a little. I'm glad you brought this up, but a little side story of my experience back in the day about asking our HR. How do we handle? I didn't think that. I didn't know where this was going. Your experience yeah. back in the day. I didn't know where this was going. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to our HR about yeah. how do you manage, and this is way back when Colorado and Oregon were only like two of the only states that had it legalized uh, for recreational purposes. And they, uh, you know, I said, well, how, are you, how do you say that you can't use this when it's legal in a state? And she said, well, it's because liability. <laughs> yeah. And that's all she had to say is, uh, you, you know, as a, you know, maybe as, a federal or a state or legalizing certain uh, drugs are okay in terms of recreational use, but 
as a guideline or a policy, we have to, you know, there's, there's problems there that we can't regulate. You can't test marijuana stays in your system for a long period of time, 30 days, alcohol leaves your system in 24 hours. So uh, effectively, there's no good way of regulating this in terms of saying that you were using this while operating a motor vehicle. And obviously they have to maintain lean towards the side of safety and precaution. So they just have to hold that line. Like even if they do legalize in you know, 15 other States, that's just, it doesn't make a lot of good business sense, especially from the safety perspective to say that this is an okay uh, substance to use. Right. So I found that, uh, really interesting because I really wasn't thinking about it in terms of just being like, yes, safety and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, well, you you can't stop me from doing anything. And it's like, well, yeah, they can if you're agreeing to work. Yeah. <laughs> they can stop you from doing a lot of stuff, uh, yeah. you know, inside and potentially outside the workplace, depending on your job, of course. Definitely. So and I thought that was good. Looking at, we have an active comment section right now. Big shout out to William Rufu out here. Canada transportation at Amazon QCon shouting out from Cleveland, Ohio. Timothy Dooner saying, I like the mounting outfit, mount, matching outfits. Um, <laughs> Jake McLeod saying, they are, we are adorable. Amanda Miller saying, we're twinning. Dooner harkening back to a Spider Man meme where they're just pointing at each other. <laughs> um, Andy Hendrick, hello from Oklahoma City. Debbie Strickland saying, love the blue today. Um, so we have. Uh, hey, Mom. <laughs> we have an awesome interaction right now. Uh, keep it going, especially as we have Zach Rogers on here shortly. I'm excited to have him on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we're about ready to have uh, Dr. Rogers on here uh, to discuss our latest LMI findings. But um, while we're getting him queued up here, Anthony Smith, anything in the macroeconomic world that uh, we need to be aware of that you see here over the last week? I know it's been relatively flat in the freight market here over the last couple of weeks. Not a lot of volatility there, even though we're still seeing volumes up. They've kind of uh, leveled off, fallen in a lot of markets, not necessarily dramatically uh, by any means, but we appear to be going through some form of like, you know, slowing of the market. Again, not unusual for October, right before the peak season. Yeah. Um, really for macroeconomic releases, we haven't had a ton just yet from this week compared to last week. But um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the last show, what, but the ISM services, uh, non-manufacturing index came out. And we don't talk about it too often, but one of the things that did pop out and caught my attention was the subsector for employment. And that was over 50. So now employment for the services side expanding. And so that leads to more jobs within the service sector, of course, looking at uh, hospitality, restaurants, uh, finance, maybe education. So these services side are increasing in employment opportunities or employment overall growing uh, for the first time since the pandemic. Um, so that's going to lead to more uh, more income for consumption. more more consumption. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time for uh, consumers, um, hopefully. Um, of course, the virus is going to really dictate the path of everything, but I was happy to see that um, that expansion and employment within the services side, of course. Yeah, that's good. A lot of times people kind of ignore that services aspect a little bit, not realizing that it's all connected. Uh, 70% of the economy services uh, related, but those people that are in those service industries purchase durable goods. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we need them to have money so that they can put these orders in. And again, uh, capital expenditures, a big part of that too, if they don't have the money to spend on it. 
What? What? Yeah. <laughs> There's no freight to move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and speaking of things to spend on, I mean, one of the things I think we're going to chat about with Zach, Doctor Zach Rogers here shortly, um, is it's we established that it's October 14th. Yesterday was the 13th, so yesterday was the first day of Amazon Prime Day. Um, today oh. is the second day. Yep. Um, this also kind of leads into other major outlets and other major retailers doing their big e-commerce holidays. Best Buy jumping in on the activity. I'm sure Target. Um, uh, there's going to be a host of uh, typical brick-and-mortar stores jumping in on this trend. And um, I think this this is one of the things I'm going to ask Dr. Zach Rogers is, is this going to be like, does he think the initial peak of all the, this, this activity coming from the consumer or is it going to die down? They're going to see another peak during Black Friday or Cyber Monday um, that that's going to be very popular. So there's a lot of uh, potential holiday season purchasing to happen right now. So there's this kind of extended the length of, of what would be a typical holiday season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a maritime expert, Henry Byers on last week, and we were looking into some of our maritime data and, you know, we've just released a few, we're, we're in the process of testing a few of those products right now on our sonar platform. And one of the ones that I find really interesting is our most recent release, the top 100 consignees, uh, imports, report that we built. And uh, Henry was a big part of that along with John Ellis. Um, and you can see Amazon's imports uh, or the import volume uh, coming into the country. And this is stuff that has cleared customs, hitting the country. They have barely slowed. They had a big surge of imports there in September. Uh, they almost have this real rhythm, rhythmic uh, import schedule that they have. Uh, most of this coming through California, uh, yep. Los Angeles, Long Beach, but also Oakland uh, and Tacoma, Washington. Uh, but then, of course, Newark, New Jersey and Philadelphia has have a lot of freight coming in their way as well. Uh, but again, I don't see the the systematic slowing that we would normally expect after such a hot peak maritime season uh, again tune into that episode if you want to hear more detail about what that means and how maritime traditionally kind of flows i myself back in the day didn't even think about maritime yeah uh, you know and i was sitting in a desk pricing freight never forecasting demand uh, accurately whatsoever um <laughs> as a financial analyst uh in that role but if I'd had some of this information, I certainly would have been better prepared. And again, Amazon not showing any real slowing uh, month over month, maybe like a percent off of last month. Uh, but again, this is really indicative of what we've seen all year out of the, the maritime side. They're just pushing freight. And yeah. I know Amazon is going to be driving a lot of this stuff uh, throughout the, the peak season here and Prime Day. God knows if they didn't have this freight available in some of these distribution centers and warehouses, if they did not anticipate what was going to happen on Prime Day. I know that uh, one of my favorite items was the Instapot yeah. uh, from years past. <laughs> we talked about it being like the biggest ticket item on Amazon last year. I, yeah. I mean, but who forecasts that? Right. You right. know, like I didn't re I don't you know, there's a lot of things that you just don't see. And that's been the story of 2020 is not knowing what are the items. And of course, yesterday was a big day too. Apple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Apple was, uh, they announced the iPhone. Uh, went into iPhone, was it 12? 12. Something like that? The 12 uh, and PlayStation 5, uh, two two of the biggest items. Uh, reading reports. Or Xbox. That, yeah, X, well, but those are the two, those are the two monster uh, Christmas presents. But <laughs> Xbox. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Xbox, Anthony. Don't get, 
Don't get emotional on me. I'm getting emotional. See, this is why I'm here, though. I'm getting emotional. I'm I think Dooner you. would agree with me. <laughs> Xbox. I'm just keeping you. I'm keeping you focused okay. on the numbers and the facts <laughs> of the situation. Those are the two items this year uh-huh. that are supposed to be driving a lot of this, uh, a lot of this holiday season consumption. So, you know, I'm. I think every one of us is still. And once we get uh, Dr. Rogers on here in a second, the uh, you know he he had a good. Uh, statement at the end of the last time he was on. He expected, we we're talking about peak season this year. What do you expect that to look like, considering that freight is already booming? Yeah. He basically said we would see a hump, but a lot of the majority of that hump or increase in volumes and rates would be absorbed in what is already existing. Yeah. So it would be masked a little bit. We wouldn't see that, you know, tender rejection rate go from 5 to 12% like we saw last year. Yeah. But we, you know, since the rates are already high, we might see a 25 to a 28, 29%. So it's not going to just double down on tender rejections or anything like that. And volumes, again, up 10 to 15%. Maybe they get up to 17, 18%. Right. So there's a hump, but it's not necessarily we're going to see this dramatic increase uh, year over year by any means. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I think that, that Dr. Zach Rogers really brought up last time I chatted with him that was a really great point was um, the return rate potentially. So looking even further into the future, which is somewhat dangerous and scary and during these um, turbulent times here in the world, I was going to say the U.S., but the world, um, the returns, the returns for e-commerce bought goods compared to brick and mortar stores are I think three, two to three times higher potentially um, for certain goods. And so we're looking at that. That's going to present an entire host of problems potentially downstream. We're looking at what's going to happen late in 2020, early 2021 with certain returns after this holiday season. Yeah. Reverse logistics has been a huge issue in years past. Now, returns don't normally move. If you've listened to Dooner uh, on what the truck and and various shows, he actually has a ton of experience in this environment. And I didn't realize just what they do with some of these returns. I I was in the, you know, we we transported a lot of floor covering goods and stuff in my experience. And this was the, you know, it's not like a huge hot item to move. There's actually a lot of delays. The logistics of returns is more about consolidation and just getting enough freight to move all at once versus, well, this freight has to be here at this point in time. Return logistics is more about, okay, we've got, you know, here's our Xboxes that got returned because everybody went and got a PS5. Um, (laughs) And then they have, you know, here's our iPhone returns and here's our... Because everyone got an Android. Yeah, right. And here's here's (laughs) here's our Furbies and stuff like that. So they put all these together and then they return them at once when they have enough to move. Whereas they're gonna ship, you know, partial shipments at times during this time of year just to make sure it hits the shelves. Yeah. So they can get all that revenue. But in terms of reverse logistics, it's more about cost, savings. Uh, it's not necessarily as uh, service dependent as that front end is. So, yeah, but at the same time, seeing as we're in this new environment of, I, I don't want to say new environment of e-commerce because that's wrong, but it's more of an exaggerated e-commerce world that we're going to see in 2020 because a lot of people are still at home. Uh, you know, our our team is largely at home still, and that's yeah. going to that's going to lead to a lot of these, you know, endpoints uh, being dead ends for a lot of carriers. So they're yeah. basically going to have to, you know, warehouse space. Uh, something that hopefully we get to talk about with uh, Dr. Zach Rogers here soon yeah. uh, is a uh, is going to be a thing 
that a lot of these uh, retailers and e-commerce providers are going to have to deal with coming up. You know, just to tease that out a little bit while we're working on Zach, uh, you know, the LMI measures warehouse capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of the figures are pointing to warehouse capacity getting a little bit tighter. Uh, you know, as inventory levels go up, again, another item uh, of the logistics managers index. And then, of course, um, warehouse prices yeah. subsequently increase as well. Warehouse prices uh, were actually higher a few years back, uh, but now they're starting or they were expanding more rapidly a few years back. And again, something to note about the LMI is that it's more about a direction of the market. So is it contracting strongly? So say it was $2 a square foot to rent warehouse space in 2018 and it adjusted higher because the whole economy was going haywire at that point in time and also warehouse space was relatively you know not necessarily as big of demand as it is today but so now it's at four dollars a square foot yeah just to throw numbers out there uh so now it's going to take a lot more to say that this warehouse capacity or warehouse prices are expanding rapidly because they're not they've already kind of adjusted after that 2018 uh period of time 2019 when we saw a big pull forward in that space and i can only imagine a lot of competition right so looking at producers or shippers that want to be closer or more conveniently located to be in position to get to those final consumers much more quickly. You're looking at Amazon Prime, either same day or next day shipping. You're looking at Best Buy or maybe Walmart or Target, some of these cold chain um, that maybe want to do more of the food delivery things to, to get food goods to people. But looking at overall where these uh, shippers are located and giving in where these warehouses are located are also going to be crucial, I think, for overall placement. And so I think that's going to be another uh, hurdle or, or kind of price point to, to factor in. We're looking at this warehouse capacity crunch. Yeah. And, and again, it's inventory management is going to be a real big item this year in terms of hot button, you know, supply chain management issues, um, you know, without a solid blueprint to go off of, look what happened to the freight market this year. Yeah. You know, you didn't know that there was going to be such a huge demand for Lululemon, <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. and athleisure. Yeah. Um, and so Without knowing that moving forward, they, that created a huge amount of expedited freight movements coming across the ocean. Shippers, of course, and this is a topic that I did want to talk about at some point. We just had a Nobel Prize on auction theory handed out. Uh, at some point in the future, I would, we should do, definitely do a deep th- dive on this topic. Definitely. Uh, but it's basically identifying where this is extremely applicable to uh, you know, today's environment, where we have a lot of people basically bidding on capacity. You know, that's where you see like, okay, shipper A needs to get freight from Dallas to Atlanta, $2 a mile. Shipper B comes in at $2.10 a mile. And so they're bidding up the price, you know, and without understanding how much of the value is for the other person. So maybe it's worth $2.20 to shipper A. They come back in and say, okay. And so they get into this bid war and then they start to overbid the value because they get into these bidding wars. And, you know, something that we've seen this year is not necessarily about securing capacity, but uh, basically having service as well. So a lot of the maritime orders, we talked about it last week, the ships were taken offline because they expected, they forecasted lower demand in the near term. Uh, And that takes a lot longer time to get that capacity back online on the water, not enough boats. This created a bit of a panic environment for the shippers out there that are said, okay, we can't rely on China (laughs) 
to be a production outlet for us now because we've now had two years in a row of, you know, sourcing issues out of China, even though they're still set up to be one of the largest producers. Yeah. Um, and number two, now the boats are not available. Yeah. And it takes 12 to 21 days listening to Henry Byers uh, talk about this coming to the United States. So if you miss out on a month, <laughs> placing your order, like you've got to place these orders ahead of time. If you want to get this into the, you know, especially coming into Christmas retail peak, you don't have the shipments available. Uh, you know what that, that basically that puts you into an, a state of panic, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's really what we've seen is, uh, you know, a lot of, I believe in my mind, a lot of kind of shippers panic because now they've had such trouble in their supply chain with getting some of these orders into the country uh, and producing them as, as well, that they're now, uh, you know, it's almost like an exaggerated pull forward, especially on the re retail consumer end. Yeah. And, and it looks like we're having some activity here, but going on with, I think what's happening with that lead time. I mean, like you mentioned, can't really be depending on China to supply some of this um, activity that we are seeing coming through on, on the consumer side of things is what's the next solution? So everyone's been kind of leaning towards, okay, nearshoring or finding other countries. And we talked about this before in the past. Not every country is explicitly set up, explicitly set up like China is set up because China has made a if, if it was a basketball player or a football player, an athlete has made a career out of manufacturing and there isn't a close second place for them. I mean, they're Southeast Asia, but the scale isn't the same. This is like a whole different league. This is like professional and, and high school. Like, and looking at Mexico, Mexico would be, I think, one of the great decisions, of course, but the infrastructure just isn't there. I mean, it would be much more closer. It's in North America. It's right there, a large trade partner of ours, but they would take so much manufacturing and, and infrastructure just to kind of get it a quarter of where China is right now. Yeah, I, I think people kind of underestimate what China has in terms of, you know, I think everybody understands their population is uh, extreme <laughs> yeah. uh, in terms of how it is relative to the rest of the world. And a lot of people have mentioned India in the past about being potential sourcing uh, solutions. But you know, India doesn't have the infrastructure set up uh, to just plop up a factory uh, yeah, uh, any, anywhere. And, you know, it sounds like we finally have Dr. Rogers, but I... <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, we, I know we only have a couple minutes left, but yeah. would love to hear, if anything, a quick synopsis and... Give us a take. quick one. You got three minutes, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening with the LMI? Give us a quick launch. rundown. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, can you hear me? We can. We can. All right. It, this is like the most exclusive club on the internet. It is hard to get in. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way. Um, all right. So I, I've, I've been listening to you guys talk, uh, talk on the, on the show as I've been trying to get in. And, and, uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. One thing I would throw in, you know, um, uh, you, you guys didn't mention it when you were talking about the drugs. It's, it's marijuana, 30 days, alcohol, 24 hours, cocaine, 72 days. And, uh, and that's experience from my days as, as a Amazon manager. Um, so, okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, essentially what we're seeing this month is warehouse space contracting at a rate that we haven't seen since probably October of 2018. And essentially it, 
that's leading to increases in prices everywhere. And where you're really seeing the crunch is on that downstream retailer side. So as you guys were talking about, we've never had retail be a bigger piece of, um, of uh, or sorry, e-commerce be a bigger piece of retail than we're seeing now. You know, I, I was looking at the estimates Amazon Prime Day is going to be like nine point nine billion dollars or something. Uh, these these, which is up about forty something percent from last year, and so all of that is taking wow. more capacity, both on the transportation side and on the warehouse side. So transportation, you know, we break down the capacity numbers overall. It was a twenty three. Which remember, any number under fifty means contraction. Closer to zero uh, means faster rates of contraction. Twenty three is by far the lowest number we've seen um, uh, for any metric in the four years we've been doing this. And for downstream firms like retailers, it was 16. All right. So for downstream, there is absolutely no trucking capacity. And even I, I saw a, a thing this morning, you know, Amazon had planned to sort of act as a freight broker. Okay. We're going to build all this capacity and we're going to uh, let other people use our, our, our trucks. They don't even have enough trucks for themselves right now. Oh, man. And so well, I, everyone is way underbuilt. And it's October. It's, it's October it's 14th. Too late. It's not it's not November 21st. Well, Zach, it's I've got a, a great points. We're going to have to have you back <laughs> yes. uh, to yeah. cover some of this in more detail next week. But we are out of time. Okay. Thanks again for showing up. You know, 2020 technical issues. It's it's normal. Yeah. This is this is what we well, do. Well, next time I'll just start off by standing in a field, which is apparently the only place we can. Connect it looks from. great. It looks great, and we're gonna have a debate no, topic, so be ready. Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, it looks wonderful. <laughs> we I'm love coming. it. Thanks again. <laughs>